Bibles up to Genesis chapter 1. Tonight at Relay, kicking off a new series called God's Epic Story. I want to introduce it to you tonight. The goal is basically over this year, I want to give you the whole storyline of the Bible. Because I know that for many of you, I'm sure you've heard stories like Noah and the flood and Moses telling Pharaoh, let my people go, and David killing Goliath. And you've heard the good news about Jesus, and you've heard about his death and his resurrection. You've probably heard uh, truths from God's word, like obey children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. And uh, sometimes we can have a hard time putting all of the pieces of the Bible together. They often seem like puzzles. So just imagine that I gave you all these pieces to a puzzle. Let's just imagine I gave you all these pieces to a puzzle, and I asked you to put this puzzle together. said, here's these pieces, you know, make it into a picture. It would be very hard. You wouldn't know, where where do I go? Where do I start? What do I do? You know, what is this Bible? I think that's often how many of us but we're not sure where it fits into the We get a big picture, or we take a little piece of the puzzle with us, it's into not sure, where does this fit in? What's, what's the big picture behind what I'm building here? A helpful thing with puzzles is they show us what the end product is supposed to look like. They give us a picture, and sometimes it's even inside, and they show us, here's what you're putting together, and you take the little piece, and you try to find exactly where it fits in this online. This is 51,000 piece puzzle made by Kodak and several people have put it together. So just imagine trying to put that puzzle together not knowing where any piece went. And I thought about that because the Bible is really like that. It's this epic story that, that shows us from beginning to end where it begins, the story of the world and salvation and what God is story along where it begins and where everything ends. And every story along the way in the Bible is like a piece of this puzzle. If God is trying to tell us, God's epic story is the biggest, grandest, most amazing story ever. And you need to see what the finished product is and what it's supposed to look like so you know where each piece goes. And so what I want to do this year is I want to give you kind of the box of the pole. Where does it begin? Where does it end? What are the high points? Where am I? So anywhere you drop into the Bible, you will know where it fits into God's epic story. The Bible is 66 different books written by over 30 different authors, written over the course of 1,500 years. 180, you guys know this from reading it, it's 1,000 Not only is it long, 89 chapters, hundreds of years in different languages, long and written by different authors, it also has different genres. So we have, you know, if you read the Bible, you're going to find narratives that tell stories. You're going to find poetry in the Bible and biographies and law codes and rules. You're going to find sermons and letters to churches and individuals. You're going to find genealogies of people and where they came from. You're going to find this crazy thing called Apocalypse Other Book on the planet like the Bible. There's nothing else like it. Because it's so diverse, and because there's so many different genres and authors that sometimes we think of the Bible in little chunks, like pieces of a puzzle. We, we think of it in little chunks. You know, this is law, 
and this was for them back then, and this is real about Jesus, and this section's not about Jesus. And then there's this really weird section with lots of visions and dragons and beasts, you know, and, and, and Babylon. And then there's this section of kind of gross stuff about sores and going to see the priest and you got to cleanse yourself. And I don't know how that fits into the story, you know, and one long true story written by one author, God himself. It really tells one story from beginning to end. It has a storyline. It has a beginning and an end and conflict and resolution and foreshadowing. It is God's epic story. And so to use Genesis 1 to introduce Genesis 1, and we're going to count God begins and ends this, introduce the storyline. Look at Genesis 1, verses 1 and story of the This is God's word for us tonight. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face over the face of the waters. So how does the beginning of the story start? I love it. In the beginning. Genesis, the, the name Genesis actually means beginnings, or that's where the name is. And they get it from the first line of Genesis 1, indication came of the book come from. It really gives us, we get the word genetic for the rest of the Bible. And it's the beginning and the shaping of life. And Genesis begins the Bible story for us. It's an introduction. It gives us the framework for the Bible. So if you don't know the book of Genesis, it's kind of like showing up halfway through the movie. If you guys ever done that, like you come home and your family's watching a movie and you sit by and shh, you know, they shush you and why is she trying to kill him and what's going on there? Shh. That, that's kind of what happens when you read your Bible and you drop in halfway through. If you don't know where it begins, you don't know the characters, you don't know who it's talking about, who it's referencing. It, it's crazy to me that some people spend their whole lives come from. How did, how did we get here? What was here before us? Is there meaning to life? Is there a purpose to life? What am I supposed to do with my life? People ask these deep philosophical questions, and the Bible begins with answers to our questions. In the beginning, God created at Relay, Genesis 1. So I just want to hit a few things that are really important to understand to the storyline of the Bible. And then we're going to get a little deeper tonight into how this stuff plays out later in Scripture. So a few, a few basic truths from Genesis 1 that are important to the story. First of all, God is the creator. That's a variated. Those are the first begins. In the beginning, God, I heard R.C. Sproul's first words of Scripture. And the most controversial verse will say, this is probably Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created. Right there, a lot of people diverge from what we believe about the world. Because we don't believe in a naturalist worldview. Naturalism believes that everything in the universe has a natural, physical explanation doesn't believe in, in the beginning, God is the creator. I had a conversation last Thursday night with a college student who wanted to talk to me about things I was teaching down on campus. 
And one of the things, he started asking me questions about God, and then he started talking to me about evolution, and then I realized he doesn't believe in God. And so asking me about a God you don't believe in anyway, so you're just trying to trap me. And he started getting into evolution, and, and uh, I started talking to him about, you know, my view of evolution and the difference in macro and, and microevolution. And one of the things he said to me, we were talking about whether there was a God or not, is he said, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Like, how can you explain all the diverts and hearts and minds, and it's all so different, but it's all so similar. How do you explain that? And I just went, uh, it's pretty simple. And he looked at me, he goes, you're going to say God. And I was like, oh, it's exactly what I'm going to say, because that explains it. Evolution does not explain that. If evolution was true, everything would look exactly the same. Chapter one, God, diversity of life. And we see that in Genesis begins with God is the creator. And so the rest of the story. Second, with the creator God, which is quick, is God created everything out of nothing. Okay, there was nothing here. Nothing existed before God created everything. That might sound obvious, but that's still debatable. People debate about that. Even Plato, the Greek philosopher, he actually taught that God made everything out of pre-existent, uncreated material. God, which is not true. If that was true, God would only be a craftsman like a carpenter. But the story tells us, no, he is the creator. He's the one who makes everything that he forms into the things that are our creation, which means that God is sovereign and powerful. We also see, number three, that we're accountable to God, our creator. So 127, where it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. They have to answer to God. This is a huge part of the story of the Bible. And, and, and people keep trying to reject. They have to answer to God. But being our creator, we are accountable to our God. So the rest of the story of the Bible comes from this perspective of God creating, mankind having to answer to God for what we do. And we could do a whole message on those important things. But we've done series on this. And in this series, I'm going to show beginning to end, okay? God's epic seems for a scripture that we get. So there's some source. Genesis lays a foundation from Jenning we read afterwards. It gives us the outline for the puzzle. It shapes our worldview. Genesis chapters 1 through 11 are referenced 60 times in the New Testament. So 60 times, if you're reading through the New Testament, it's going to reference these beginning chapters of Genesis. Uh, the whole book of Genesis times in the New Testament. So the New Testament authors, they keep going back to Genesis and saying, remember this, remember this foundation. Remember what God said here. Here's an example of this. In Jesus' day, there was a huge debate that going on among the Jews about divorce and the allow someone that it was allowed. And they would debate about this. Well, what? And Jesus answered someone to get divorced from their spouse. Not read. And then he quotes Genesis 1.27 and Genesis 2.24, where God gives us the purpose for marriage and why God created. And it's instructive that Jesus goes back to Genesis. He's teaching us how to think because Genesis is the foundation. It's, I read this um, Popular Mechanics article in February. Does anyone else here read Popular Mechanics? Am I like the only one? It's like one of the best 
magazines. I think Freeman reads it, so me and you, buddy, we got it. They had this article called, Why Isn't the World Made Out of Lego Bricks? I found this fascinating. Lego bricks, it says, are among, you know that's true. They are indestructible. So the question was, why don't we make everything out of them? And it told the story about how in the summer of 2009, top gear host James May fulfilled his childhood dream of building an actual house out of three and a half million Legos. So this is a million of them. And Everything inside the house was made out of Legos as well. And the article said that NASA is actually developing tools to build otherworldly habitats. That's what it was called, like on the moon and on Mars, and they look like Legos. They're little bricks that go together made out of the planets, where they can build things on us. That's kind of what Genesis, Legos are a wonderful creation of Legos. It's these building blocks. This is, it's, it's, it's the goal. It's going to keep stacking other Legos on top of what Genesis builds for us. And so things you'll see in Genesis that are going to come out later in Scripture, themes that are going to come back in the story of the Bible. Okay, when God created everything, in Genesis 1-1, when it says, in the, what we're going to find out is when God created everything, He did that as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That God has been a triune God forever. That's an important part of the story. There's one God, and it's not three persons within the one God, Father, Son, and everything. Not like God the Father, Jesus, and then the And later along, come think that. That's not the story of the Bible. No, they were part of their, part of creation. Uh, John Chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Listen to these verses and see if these sound familiar to you when you read Genesis 1. The Apostle John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. He's talking about Jesus. The Word is how he refers to Jesus. All things were made through Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. To understand who Jesus is, as you read the story of the Bible to the scene, and, and you know, John the Baptist baptizes him. When, Je- when Jesus comes along, we, we, John tells us, no, no, Jesus has always been. It's always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When he begins his gospel telling us about Jesus, he intentionally makes it sound like Genesis 1. He knew his readers knew in the beginning was the Word. He knows they're going to think, wait, that sounds just like in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He's making a point, telling us Jesus was there. Even Colossians chapter 1 says the same thing. By Him, by Jesus, were all Holy Spirit created. We see God Father, Son, He creates mankind, creating all things. So we see God is relational. He exists to relations from eternity past. And, and He created mankind to relate to Him, to have a relationship with Him. That's the goal of mankind. So as we begin going through this story, we're going to next time hit Genesis chapter 3. And you're going to find this break in this relationship between God and mankind. And you're going to start reading about God. And God has a covenant with Abraham and calls Abraham. And from Abraham, God 
makes these promises to his descendants. And as you read, it just keeps going. God keeps sticking with these people. He preserves Noah and his family, and, and he preserves the people, and God just never gives up on them. He keeps going and going and going, and you may want so patient. Why does he keep forgiving them? Why does he keep having mercy? Why doesn't he just say, enough is enough, that is it. I'm done with mankind. Well, it's because God created mankind to have this relationship with him. He created them to fellowship with him. And he's a merciful, gracious, and that the Bible begins in a garden and it ends in a garden. I love that fact. In Genesis 1, you know God created the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve and he placed them in there. And it's the place that God created for them. And God was with them. You know, he spent time with them in, in the garden. They got to be with God. The place that God created, what that was like. You know, in the walking garden was this river that flew faded. And it talks to rivers. And in the garden was the tree of through the garden and broke them and Eve were there. And, and God was walking with them and spending time with them. And we know in Genesis 3 that when they sinned against God, God kicked them out of the garden. But the good news is over the next 6,000 years, a lot happens for God to rescue people. And where the Bible ends in Revelation, it, this, this is, this is uh, John looking forward into eternity. He says, Then the angel showed me the river of that water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of created his people to live in a certain place where his presence was. That's how the story begins, and that's how the story ends at the end of Revelation. It's the same place. It's the same thing. It's God's people in God's presence and God's place spending time with God. Ending. It has a good ending. It's exactly what God created it to be. I read this article this week. The title of the article was West Point unveils underwhelming contents from nearly 200-year-old time capsule. That's a really long title, but I found that really interesting. So I read the article, this statue that they, one half hundred years ago on the West Point campus, they erected, had to uh, do some work on it. So they started, started to work on it, and they discovered at the bottom of the statue was a 200-year-old time capsule. And it was made out of lead. And they started researching the statue and they started looking at the history and they found out that Robert E. Lee was one of them along with these other Civil War generals. And so they got really excited about this time capsule. They thought, you know, what could be in here? Uh, there could be musket balls. There could be uh, historical documents. There could be, you know, answers to unsolved mysteries at West Point. They could tell us something. And historical people at West Point, so they got really excited until August. And they found it back in May. People to come to West Point to open it because they live-streamed it. So it was available for everybody to watch. It was this big deal. They made this massive deal about it. And this archaeologist, Paul Hudson, got to open it. This is a, a, a picture of Paul Hudson. You can see him being live-streamed there. And he got to open this 200-year time capsule. And I just... I love the excitement on his face. He was so excited to do it. He reached inside and he found 
a layer of sediment. Everything in there had completely been destroyed. Yes. I love, it said the quote from the archaeologist. He said, I'm a little disappointed. We built this up quite a bit. <laughs> oh, is it wrong for me to think that is funny? I feel like I'm kind of, and I was thinking about that with Revelation 22, because I think, you know, we, we look around and everything can be so disappointing. I mean, that's kind of like the reality of life. And, I, and the article said what happened is whoever created the time capsule wasn't a very good craftsman because they left a little seam in the lead and water had gotten in and just destroyed whatever was in there. But, you know, it begins in this garden and we have this conflict and we have these problems and the whole story kind of unfolds from there. Everything you read has to do with Genesis 1 through 3. And every time that something goes wrong in the story, you can trace it back to Genesis 3. This is what we're going to talk about next month. And there's so many illustrations in the Bible story, own lives as well. Men and women go astray from God, and that's pursuing them, and just keep pursuing And you see God promises, and He keeps pursuing them, pursuing them, and He keeps making up over and over and over. And as the story progresses and it unfolds, you find, man, God sends His own Son, the Savior, and he creates a way for people to, to be restored to fellowship with him. And as the story goes on, we find this good news is going out to people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, this place for us in heaven. And it looks a lot like the Garden of Eden. It's this perfect place with this river and this tree of life. And there's no more sin there. And so you just see in this epic story, God's epinephrine, that God wins. You know, we don't have to wonder God in happen. God's people are going to end up, God begin the garden he created for them. This, Even after they sin, when he tells the, the serpent, you know, there's going to be one, a descendant of Eve is going to crush your head. There's going to be this enmity between them, but there's one coming, and I'm going to bring my people back to this garden where they belong. God wins. God knows the end of the story, sitting around, watching history unfold, wondering how it's all going to turn out. He's not sitting in heaven, munching on popcorn, kind of watching things go in suspense, wondering, I wonder what's going to happen next. No, God knows exactly what happens in the story. And in the end, God wins. He defeats all his enemies. Sin is the creator. He's the author of the story. It's one story. All these books all these different genres written over 1,500 years. It all tells one epic story about God. And my prayer is by the end of the series that, that you're going to have the whole story. You're going to see this is where it's of the story. And you're going to be able to, to fit all those puzzle pieces together. Now let me, let me end tonight by giving teens, let me give you some application, okay? Because this is a big series and, you know, we're going to go through kind of the whole storyline of the Bible this year from beginning to end. So where do we start getting into this story? Well, I just want to prepare you. Uh, this is not work on your part. It's going to take discipline, okay? It is, it is not an easy story. It's written over many years. There's different styles. It is difficult. There's different. It's not the easiest thing to read, but it's the greatest story ever written because it's all true. And it helps us understand the world around us. So you're going to have to discipline yourself to read this story and get through it, okay? And, and I believe you can do this. Uh, we were talking to a college student. And over the summer, 
he decided to spend his summer reading the Bible. And he read the whole Bible from cover to cover over the summer. So on the bingo, on if it was like, did you read a book for fun? He could say, yes, I did. I read this book for fun from cover to cover, the whole Bible. And it was fascinating talking to him because he had never read the Bible before. He was sharing, he was sharing with our community group, man, just about how amazing it is, all the connections, all the things that the New Testament says about the Old Testament. And it made him realize the whole New Testament, the context for it is the Old Testament. If you want to understand it, you have to know the Old Testament. And I just want to inspire you, you cover. And so here's your homework. I don't think I've ever done this before at Relay. It's the beginning of a school year. So teens, I'm giving you homework, okay? Before the next Relay, I want to give you the assignment to read the book of Genesis, okay? Genesis takes about three and a half hours to read. I did the math. That is exactly seven is 30 days away. If you read seven minutes a day, you can read the whole book for seven minutes by the next relay. And here's what I want you to know. When you do that, you invest that time, you discipline yourself. You can do it in a three and a half hour block. You can just sit down and start reading Genesis. You can do it 30 minutes a night before bed. You'd be done in about 10 days if you did it that way, and you could probably do that, you know, but begin reading it because what happens is you read the book of Genesis and you get the story. You get what God's doing and you read about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And what's going to happen is when you Testament and you're going to start reading the New Testament, you're going to flip and you'll get to Genesis to Matthew 1, 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And you're going to read that. And you're going to go, wait a second. I know him. I know Abraham. I remember him. In, in Genesis 12 and 15, where God made this promise to Abraham. God made a covenant to Abraham. And you're going to go, what was that? And you're going to flip back to Genesis. And you're going to read about Abraham. And you're going to bring the whole story of the Bible alive to you. But to get into the story, you have to read it. So, homework assignment for teens, Relay. And we will have a book of Genesis for you. As you come into Relay next, we'll have a read the book of Genesis between now and then this month. If guys, okay? Who's going to read the book of Genesis? Who's going to do it? Okay. Okay, no, no, no. Leave your hand up. Oh, this is good. I've never done this before. This is accountability. Okay, look to your left and to your right, okay? Okay, Khaki's going to read it twice, okay? I see two hands. All right, so you have to read it. Good, that's good. Okay, that's good. This is what I want us to do this year. I want us to get into God's Word and to uncover the riches of God's epic story, okay? I've got a few. We've got 10 minutes left for discussion. Pray for you. Talk about this a little bit. Um, the Father... You, and then we'll get into these discussion questions. Begin to read your word. I do pray for these of Genesis this month. I pray that you would make yourself known to them. Your word is living and active. Every single word, every single word in 1,189 chapters comes alive. It's living and active. And so I pray as they read through Genesis, as they read your word, they would understand, would shape their worldview this year, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.